if a problem is an unmet need, in this case the problem is, you know, global health or human health, you know, we need food to be produced in a way that is regenerating that landscape and is nutritiously dense. Now that is a solution to a problem, the need to save this planet. That was Charlie Arnott and you're listening to The Regenerative Journey. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and internationally and their continuing connection to country, culture, community, land, sea and sky. And we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. G'day, I'm your host Charlie Arnott, an 8th generational Australian regenerative farmer. And in this podcast series, I'll be diving deep and exploring my guests' unique perspectives on the world so you can apply their experience and knowledge to cultivate your own transition to a more regenerative way of life. Welcome to The Regenerative Journey with your host, Charlie Arnott. G'day, welcome to episode one of the third series, actually I'm not sure whether to call it a series or a season, I kind of like the word season, they use that on the internet, on on the line, on Netflix and others uh, more than series I think, but nonetheless the third um, uh, um, instalment, let's just say, of the regenerative journey, very excited to be uh, kicking off, um, kicking it off. Uh, again, uh, well, I've had two months away from the microphone. Well, actually, not from the microphone. Two months away from releasing um, the weekly podcast, uh, which I say I, I actually have missed that process. I mean, it's quite hectic at times. Uh, I trust that series three, season three, will be a much smoother ride as we all pull um, pull together to to keep it uh, on track for a number of months i think we are still in the process of working how many how many numbers how many numbers how many episodes we're going to do there are more than enough interviewees potential interviewees to last um a couple of lifetimes to be honest because there is so much interesting and wonderful um storytelling to be done by our wonderful interviewees so it's actually um I'm sport for choice, I have to say, and that's that's a wonderful thing. So, look, welcome to the show again. Um, this I can't remember which actually episode this is in the in the total lineup, um, but I thought that it was probably worthwhile me kicking off season three with uh, with some, I guess, some insight, if I can call it that, without pumping up my tyres too much. Um, insight into the where, where I see regenerative agriculture and its associated modalities, which there are many of them, um, how I see that sort of playing out in 2021, you know, what's happened in the last couple of months, and I guess, um, yeah, for want, for want of a better word, insight into a number of the sort of trends I see uh, happening uh, and continuing, I trust, because they're all good trends um, generally uh, in this sort of space, and Certainly, I'm looking forward to um, digging into the insightful journeys and, and um, wisdom of my interview, interviewees as we roll through this, uh, this instalment, which, I'm, yeah, maybe you can tell me, anyone out there, a bit of feedback, series or, or season, I'm not sure what really matters. So, look, um, before I get cut to the chase with um, sort of some insight, as it were, um, the look, the last couple of months have been wonderful. I've um, spent a lot of time at, at Hanuminoa, our farm, 
um, was it was a it was such a wonderful January. I can't tell you because the previous January was very challenging. We had um, it was just we didn't know it at the time, of course, but we were just coming to the end of of a very challenging um, sort of eighteen months with very little rain. We were in, in in massive rainfall deficit, I'd have to say, and the country still. Still playing catch up. We've had a, a beautiful rain. Um, look, you know, six, seven months now. It actually started raining in about this time last year, um, early February. It started to to fall. We just sold our like literally within a week or so. We we um, we just sold sort of the, the last of the of a fair chunk of cows. Um, we'd kept some cows, but there was a last sort of sale of our cows that were probably, if I'd known, had the crystal ball, wouldn't have sold. Nonetheless, that's just the way we roll. Um, it was a decision that I made, you know, based on what I knew at that point in time. So, um, yeah, look, January was amazing. It was it was reasonably cool. Um, it, was a, it was sort of good in a way to have had the benchmark of the previous January, just to really appreciate it and be grateful for... You know, the people on our team, the grass we had, we oodles of grass, um, probably like fair to say nearly twice as much grass as, as we probably could have, you know, deal with at the time. Um, the cattle prices are amazing, you know, amazingly good for those selling, a bit tough to get into if you're buying, um, and sheep not uh, not so different. Little birdies flying around. Is that a noisy miner? You're sitting there. What are you doing in my garden? Um, and the beautiful magpies, don't you love that? It does remind me of um, um, Macca, Macca on a Sunday morning the ABC. Is Macca still on? He used to always have like his little break, he'd run a little few magpies like that. It was pretty much like that. Good on you, Macca. Um, so, look, that was the farm and that was the two months... Um, but yeah, you know, really looking forward to 2021. Looking forward to filling your ears and airwaves, airwaves, I should say, with um, some wonderful stories. So, look, moving to oh, before I get on to um, dare I say insights, um, I just want to let you know that we have, and I know you've probably seen it on newsletters and that sort of thing. Um, and I'm not even sure if we had it going for the when we finished there last uh, in the last year. I can't remember now. But Patreon is a wonderful platform where people can sign up to. Um, basically support in this case uh, in our case the the continuation of the, re- the regenerative journey and its production um i'll bang on a bit about, about that later on but there's some seriously good stuff going on um in terms of you know if you sign up uh, membership benefits i guess you'd say and exclusive content i'm still getting my head around what that even means so um trends trends in this in the space um i'm going to start with i guess the other end of the the spectrum from where I am. Yes, I eat food like most people do, um, and but I, I guess I really um, consider myself more a farmer than than a, just a, um, uh, a good old good old fashioned eater. But I'd like to start at the that end of the spectrum. You know, the there's no doubt. And I don't know as many people who could actually argue the point that there's you know many many people more and more um, a growing tide of curiosity. And maybe there's a bit of curiosity. Um, uh, maybe fear, um, and hopefully just intrigue and 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 empowerment in in consumers, in customers, in people, in eaters, wondering where the well, not wondering anymore because I can find out, wanting to know where their food comes from and who's grown it and how they've grown it and what conditions and what are the environmental benefits and what are the nutritional benefits, and that I, I've got to say it's a it's a really simple. Um, concept it's a simple thing to say and it's a you know the trend is obvious 
but the impact of that, the the outcome of people just being more curious about the food is absolutely has has a global global significance, not just to you know what they put in their shopping trolleys, but where they're actually going to, and also and that's a nutrition thing. And I know I drum that into everyone all the time, really, but you know it's just a wonderful, wonderful trend. You know, if you're going to if you were going to be excited about any trend in the world right now, I reckon this is the one to put your money on because, well, and literally, probably, because we'll, we'll, I'll get to that later on. But um, the benefits are undeniable that, you know, from environmentally and nutritionally for the human species and pretty much all species on the planet, which is a, you know, big thing to say, but, um, you know, I, I think not too far from the truth, um, this style of, of, of farming and the philosophy around it and the people who support it, it's, it's absolutely critical. We, we, um, uh, well, it's critical of the, the customers and consumers and eaters that this trend is, is happening because it's you guys, you know, it's, it's anyone who eats food, buys food. Uh, that's the demand we need to create and that's the, that, that's the demand that is being created and that's wonderful. People are getting curious. They're, they're asking better questions. And they're getting excited, and the, and the, and their kids, you know, kids are such such powerful, wonderful um, motivators and motivations, and you know, for 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 the parents, and and they, um, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a it's a not a tired old thing to say, but it's certainly um, uh, something that's said a lot. Is that you know, we we do these things for our children and the future generations, absolutely. But those children don't have to wait for us to to do stuff. I'm not not I'm not um, um, abdicating responsibility at all, but you know we don't have to sort of think, oh, radio. Well, no, we we'll do this for our children, so when they get to this point, that they'll do okay. You know, it's really the responsibility of parents to show the children how they can contribute now. So it's dual pronged. You know, it's the parents setting those examples, going to the different places to eat, you know, and source their food, and the children understanding and and sort of appreciating that that's actually normal, and they do it. So when you know, it's time to go to the shops. They just know where to go. You know, they get to that age where they're doing that themselves. So, you know, we're not. It's it's not like we're doing it now so the kids can do it later. It's like let's all do it now, and it sets some wonderful examples for living, for life. You know, because um, food's kind of important for life, I reckon. So, you know, who is who are these people? These people are not just you know people who eat food. They are. I think a lot of families are getting on board this stuff. You know, and as I've said before, and I said today, oh, I forgot to mention that I'm actually sitting in the beautiful garden here um, at Binnaburra uh, of um, uh, Fee and Adam Gibson, who are hosting for the third time in about six months one of our two-day introduction to biodynamics courses. Sitting in their wonderful garden, and um, which. Uh, Adam has the plan to turn into a bit of a um, is turning into a, an um, education facility, uh, as it were. So we are very honoured to be here um, in all this bird life you can hear. So um, where was I going with that? Uh, I can't remember now. Who? Yeah, families. You know, um, you know, it's mums and dads who are really getting excited about. Um, you know where their food's from, and the, and, and the children are, are getting on board, and you know getting curious, and they, you know, the it's the it's really the women who hold, I mean, probably the wrong expression to use, but hold the power to make the most amount of change. I think you know men we're good at solution finding solutions and getting things done, you know, but I tell you what, if if your wife or your partner is the one who's supporting you to do that, you'll get it done twice as quick and, and twice as well, you know, and it, and it and if if those partners and those wives and those 
you know, women in these in businesses, whether it's on farm or just in in a household, you know, situations, are really, you know, they're so they're nurturing, they're passionate, they're strong, they're resilient. You know, we um, I'm not trying to you know bash men about all this. I'm just I'm just highlighting the the, the wonderful traits and characteristics, and I am generalising somewhat, but you know that the women are the ones I think, and I'm not the only the first person to say this that have will probably play the most significant role in the in the healing of this planet. You know, from a from a nutritional point of view, who's buying the food, you know, what food is being bought and what's being done with it in the kitchen. Um, and even in the medical world, not so much medical world, but in the health space, you know, around the nurturing of people, you know, whether it be through meditation, whether it be through medic, you know, medication, which I'm not a big fan of, but I ha- it certainly has a place and, the, you know, the... The um, appropriate use of that, and even you know, stepping into um, plant medicines and those things. You know, you look around on, on social media or anywhere. You know, who's who are writing those books? You know, and who who are really in the space? What's well, the women? Because they have this sort of, you know, as I said, men are looking for solutions, and we just want to bang bang it out and get it done. But the women are putting some really deep thought into this, and uh, um, they're they're you know, let's all let's all let's all get them to be I don't know prime ministers and. And, and, and the like, the countries that have women prime ministers and so on are doing pretty well, I have to say, setting a wonderful example. So, um, so men have, <laughs> if you're a man out there listening, so I'm not bashing you around, as I said, I just want to make the, highlight the, the, to, to the world uh, the role that women are playing and doing it absolutely um, so well. So... Those eating food are making a, a stand and really demanding, and that's creating a wonderful demand you know, economy, and that's where we should be should be heading, I think. And if that demand is there, then farmers will front up. You know, we're really good at um, innovation. You know, we're really good at seeing an opportunity and making what we currently have work to fit that need. You know, and let's just say, you know, the pro- if 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 a if a problem is an unmet need, in this case, the problem is you know global health or human health, you know, we need food to be produced in a way that is regenerating that landscape and is nutritiously dense. Now, that is a solution to a problem, the need to save this planet without making too grandiose statements about it. Um, As an example, and I just want to plug Harris Farm here, um, not just because they have, um, and I'm honoured to be their regenerative farming um, ambassador, as it were, but here's a, you know, a passionate family, um, a retail, a model retail business in Australia who has, and I don't know where else it's been done in the world really, is identified in store, in identifying in store the, um, the, the, the products that have been regeneratively grown. And now I know there are some you know, um, regeneratively grown sort of certified programs that are popping up around the world, uh, and that's great. Um, I think what the Harris Farm, the point of difference here is that they've created their own and it's not, you know, um, it doesn't lack integrity and it doesn't, it's not like a shortcut. They're actually bothering to contact their producers, suss out exactly what they're doing um, and put them through a verification system that I'm involved in to identify them again in store as if they're regenerative. And, you know, it's not putting the skids on any um, certification, current organic and biodynamic certification. It's more about just acknowledging that there are lots of products on shelves in Harris Farm and other other retailers that are actually as good as, if not better, than the certified stuff. I've, as I've said before, I've tasted plenty of 
crap organic food that's really organic by default. They've taken chemicals out and they don't really support that with a with a fertility program and a sort of an environmentally nurturing sort of program. So um, that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful initiative. I trust that it will be taken up by others at some point in time. But the fact that you know, Harris Farm have put resources behind it and they're backing their suppliers, you know. Yes, it's based on trust to some degree, but there's, you know, there's a lot at stake if those suppliers aren't doing as they have said and have identified that they do, do, do. And um, so that's again in store for, for customers at that end of the of the, of the, the food cycle, the, the food system. Um, they have the opportunity to go to their stores and find the good stuff. So I think that's that's wonderful. That's another sort of... You know, another benchmark for me that is saying this is happening when those guys, you know, like Harris Farm, get on board, um, then that's identifying identifying to me and everyone that this is a significant, you know, movement that is taking place. And, and their involvement is just going to accelerate it even more, which is fantastic. Um, you know, we're getting um, – we're, we're actually we're putting on a taster, a biodynamic um, taster um uh, session on the 13th of March, a bit of a plug for that. Um, Ryan Watson, the Fairlight Butcher there in Sydney, is helping us put that on. Um, and he's got a little um, session the, the night before um, uh, with Charlie Massey and myself, and I think there's tickets available for that. They're opening up more tickets for that event on the night before. But my point is, you know, we're getting more inquiry from people in the city to, to learn about biodynamics, which is wonderful. And, you know, they want to know where their food's from. You know what? They actually think they want to go and grow their own food and identify and understand why the stuff that's done regeneratively, whether it's organic or biodynamic or you know, is better for them and why they should be supporting that sort of food. So that's wonderful. So, look, that's a, that's a, um, you know, um, oh, no, one more thing I wanted to say about that was, and I've said it before, you know, <laughs> and this is somewhat comical but true, you know, no one's walking into um, Harris Farm or any green grocer for that matter and saying, hey, can you get in some more of that GMO corn? because it's delicious and I want more of it. Or saying, can you get in that lettuce that's had a douse of, you know, I don't know, some other pesticide or something. That is simply not happening. You know, no one can argue that. They're doing the opposite. They're going to those stores and they're saying, you know what, you know, you had you organic, had organic lettuce here last week, can you get some more in because it's all gone? Um, or, you know what, can I? Can you just give me the stuff that's not GM? Um, and that that creates a whole that's a whole discussion around you know labelling of food as I've said before and many others have you know when you walk into a store it should be um, there should be two labels if it has to be a labelling system and there currently is food and organic food um, you know we should be able to walk into stores and actually identify food being the organic normal non chemical food and the stuff that's grown with chemical should be called chemical food you know or non organic food. Um, or, or chemically enhanced food or whatever you want to call it. So, or traces of chemical uh, could be found on these foods. I think that's that's a much fairer and a much more descriptive um, statement because, you know, before chemicals, everything was food. And I don't know why the, the organic movement and those who are certified and even, you know, why they they have to set themselves apart and pay money for that, that right to be labelled, you know. It should be... Maybe it should be the other guys who should be labelling their food chemical and get it tested. And if they don't want to be labelled chemical, well, they go they go get it tested and just to prove it's not chemical because that's, that's the questions that, that, that consumers, customers and you know, clients and eaters are asking more and more. That's what should be identified in store, not the fact that it's organic. 
There you go. That's what I reckon. So let's move on to another trend, which is, again, um, you know, I sit sort of fairly squarely in being a farmer, is that there's much more interest, I think, weekly, monthly, for knowledge, a thirst for knowledge and curiosity. And there's a, some degree of fear, I have to say, in from the farming sector as to, you know, um, what is this regenerative stuff? How do I become a regenerative farmer? Is it profitable? Um, will I be able to transition without, you know, my bank having a heart attack? Uh, you know, I guess all those questions, all the answers to those questions, yes, it's, it is, it, you know, and that's probably another podcast, another, another interview at some point, or some of my, my interviewees perhaps. Um, but, you know, it's the wonderful thing is people are asking those better questions. And it's sort of the questions I was asking 15 years ago, which led me down this path, you know, questioning my current thing. And as I've said before, you know, there's a wonderful situation here for farmers right now, and they're identifying, it doesn't matter which side of the sort of the equation they fall on here, a lot of them are actually on both sides. You know, they're saying, I'm actually not sure I want to do this anymore. You know, I'm not sure I want to be spraying chemical on the crop just outside the bedroom window window of my daughter or my family having breakfast there or dinner or whatever it is, you know. I don't know if I want to watch my paddocks blow away anymore. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying this is like the typical, you know, conventional farming, you know, stuff that, like, like I used to do. I'm, I'm happy to bag myself out. Um, but this is the, the this is sort of the push away stuff that I was thinking or, um, many years ago, you know. So I sort of know what it's like to be questioning one's current behaviours and you know and values, you know. And was I living those values? So that's a wonderful position to be in because I think it's healthy to question your um, your current behaviour and, and, and alignment of values to your whether it's your business or your family life or your just your your activities. So that's a that's a that's a kind of good thing, and then we've got on the sort of the other force um, that's at play here is there's a there's a there's a there's a pull towards a different way of doing things, and in this case, um, court regenerative ag or diff- different practices of biodynamics or organics, whatever it happens to be, um, it might be a philosophy wrapped around that, or it might be just a practice, just one simple practice which is different, which they're going, you know what, I'm going to give that a crack. You know, I've heard about this yeoman plough stuff. I'm just going to buy one and rip up a few lines or a natural seconds farming course or, you know, one of the courses I did, um, which changed my life, which, you know, was, was the Grazing for Profit course um, put on by RCS, Resource Consulting Service Australia, 16 years ago in Cowra. I think it's 2004. Ah, yeah, 2004. Thereabouts. And, you know, it's those sort of um, opportunities that now exist that, you know, back in the day, you know, before I sort of did this sort of stuff and was um, and transitioned, you know, I think there, there wasn't as much. There was certainly opportunity there, but I think there was probably more um, more of the push away, you know, farms identifying, I want to do things differently. But the wonderful thing now, it's like a vortex. You just, you know, once you make that decision to go and, and change, as I said, it might only be a practice, it might be a thought, it might be a paradigm, it might be a, um, a tool, like an implement, um, then there is so much support around, whether it's in book form, it's courses, it's individuals, you know, even the banks, I'll get onto that later, but even the banks are supporting, they're looking at this stuff, it's like, how much carbon have you got in the soil, you farmer? You know, that should be appearing on the balance sheet. Um, there's, a, you know, it's... it's um, it's not so much there's no excuse for it now. That's not what I'm saying. I guess it's if, if one wants to change, there are less barriers, you know. There are less barriers um, uh, physically um, and mentally 
and financially, uh, I have to say. So, I mean, who are changing? All sorts of farmers, you know, who are looking at this and, and, and questioning their current behaviours. You know, vegetable growers, horticulturalists, broad acre, you know, cropping um, and and grazing. So there's, you know, there's no sort of, in my view, like a particular sector in agriculture that is going faster than the other. And that's kind of reassuring that there's a, it's a, you know, that again, the application and all the transition to a different way of farming is is something that is accessible for everyone. You don't have to be of being you know been doing something in a particular way to then give you a, you know access or a, or a, or a one way ticket to do something different. You know this is because again it comes down to the principles of this of, of of farming differently and working with nature apply in any situation, which is wonderful. You know it's it's um it's not a it's 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 you know, it's it's more as I say. You know, you got to change the paddock between your ears first because it's that's that's more the mental hurdle. Um, totally understand it too because I had that. You know, it took a lot of pushing and shoving and tension events and and other things for that to um, for me to then take that step. Uh, so that's you know that's the way I see it. Again, that's not that's not new. That's not things you haven't heard before. But I just wanted to make a point and emphasise that is it is it's. It's it's a growing thing and it's a wonderful thing. You know, our courses are filling up, um, our biodynamic courses, the workshops are f- filling up. We've already sold out for Burrell, which is on in about a month, less than a month, three weeks away, uh, three weeks today, yesterday. It's truth. Um, you know, it's already sold out. Actually, we we sort of had to, yeah, we just had to cap the numbers there. Um, we've got ones in South Australia coming up in, the, in in early May, and and you know they're they're those, they're selling fast too. So any crow eaters down there, or anyone nearby wants to sneak across the border, as long as there's no COVID restrictions, I would just book yourself in. Um, don't worry about the COVID thing. We'll sort if if there is a, if there's a, a cancellation just because of the border restrictions, we'll sort that out then, and you'll get your money back or get a credit. So don't feel that that that's not you know if, if um that that's a risk as it were we'll sort that out so we'd love to see anyone down there in the beautiful Barossa Valley in the in the uh, um, McLaren Vale um, and that just because we're in those environments doesn't mean we're just going to be drilling down on and biodynamics and its its relationship or use in in vineyards and so on so it's um it's uh it's it'll it's you know, again principles are going to apply everywhere hey look at the time twenty five minutes my God that has gone quickly I was wondering how I was going to fill up the time. Maybe I'm rabbiting on too much. Um, what else we got here? Oh, the, the sort of third point I want to make in terms of sort of trends or or what I'm seeing and, and feeling and understanding is the interest that the financial sector, uh, which is a pretty broad term, I know, is taking in regenerative agriculture from an investment point of view and supporting and being involved and adapting their current um, uh, funding models, as it were, and and structures to you know, essentially um, provide funds to farmers and organisations in that space, and this is a wonderful thing because this is just a, this is a the support crew, right? You know, this is the you're driving around your regenerative car or your, your let's just call it a business, you know, and you need support crew. You need your mechanic. You need the guy who puts the fuel in, and and you know, you need the guy who's going to polish a dashboard, and you know, you, there's there's a lot to lot that sort of that needs to be supported in driving a car, as we all know, and it's not dissimilar in a business, you know. And so these cars are getting are getting faster, you know. These cars are getting the regenerative ag car. There's a concept, is um, you know, because it's getting that support around it that it needs, you know. So the banks, you know, I don't know, call that fuel, maybe, um, call it some, you know, some some mechanical help there. The oil, I don't know, um, you know, drop in any any sort of. Um, 
con- <laughs> concept, descriptive concept in there you want. My point is that this is the wonderful thing that's happening. That this, you know, that we are having banks um, and other funding organisations, and you know, private and public, they are looking at this. Um, Cultivate Farms is a wonderful example. Of this, you know, the, um, Sam Marwood and, and, and Nigel Sharp and others are, you know, helping people who need to get themselves into farms and onto farm and 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 you know, essentially funding them those opportunities. That's a, that's one example. Um, you know, different um, uh, different um, funds are being opened up. You know, people can invest in, and then those will be applied um, with different criteria to different situ- regenerative agriculture dis- um, situations, whether it's a business that, that is on, on, on a farm or it's actually the purchase of those farms. So, look, there's, there's so many wonderful things happening in that space. Um, and when you've got big business, you know, stepping in, I mean, that can be a little bit scary, but when you've got banks taking note, and that's something they're starting to look at on balance sheets. They're, that's sort of the questions they're starting to to look at, and even getting valuations done on property, you know, and considering the potential, you know, um, and 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 formulating a value based on not just the bloody sheds and the fences and the you know the house and how white the bloody picket fence is around the house and that sort of stuff. I'm not being cynical about that. It's just you know it's a, it's a visual thing, and there's obviously the you know the geography and proximity to different things that comes into it of course but what has not really been looked at to date what's under the ground you know so whether you're a farmer or a banker that's again some of the most important real estate you know it's what you can't see it's what's under your feet um so with the banks coming on board and um you know pegging and this is sort of happening now pegging interest rates to um, if not the sort of carbon levels and the and the percentages of carbon that are being um, sequestered or, or levels being ri- um, raised, um, the other practices and other KPIs that are being met um, from a um, you know the point of view of the farmers the, from sorry the bankers that they can actually it, it reduces risk you know reduces risk to drought um, reduces risk to you know the influence of the market because you know people don't have to panic sell their sheep and cattle and they are in a better position to go out in the market when the, when it's cheaper when other people probably ha- may may not be in the market to go and buy those and restock so you know I guess it's beholden to the banks and the financial sector to play catch up you know. And um, and as I said, it's a bit like a farmer adapting a practice to their farm. You know, whether it's a bit of machinery or it's a or it's a you know um, grazing management. You know, it's also you know that that concept of adaption is reflected should be reflected in the financial sector as well. And the banks adapting their they don't have to go and rewrite the whole banking textbook. It's just about how can they serve their customers better, their farming customers, and I think they want to. And of course, there's always you know, well, they're going to make more money. Well, yeah, that's fine. That's they're in business to make money. Then that's they're not denying that. Um, but I think you know, when they start looking at some of those more subjective um, assessments of property and people and the businesses, it doesn't make it greyer. It actually puts the people back into those you know, into those businesses. It puts the it puts the colour back in, and it puts the the humanity back into it. You know, because I think. Um, I think <laughs> I'm not hacking on you, any bankers out there. Um, by any means, I actually applaud the fact that you guys are looking at this space much more seriously. 
uh, and contributing in a, in a meaningful way. Um, I just think that it's, you know, the fact that that, that sort of stuff is and can be uh, included on balance sheets, it, it's really um, it's a really positive thing, you know. It is. It's putting the humanity back into, 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 into finance. What else have I got here? Um, oh, look, I think that's really... Um, Really wanted to want to say there. Oh, Adam Gibson, who's the 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 host here of the Biodynamics thing. He's he's certainly um, in that space as well and doing some wonderful things in uh, in partnership with some of the some of the, with Sam and Nigel and you know I mean again watch this space. Whether you've got um, money to park, um, whether it's your super money, whether it's um, just you know, some assets you want to you want to you know farm into or, you know <laughs> I won't use the word plow plow into um, put into regenerative agriculture. Um, or you are a farmer looking for some funds and looking to partner with with these sort of people, um, or you, you know, or you've got land you want to sell, and 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 perhaps it's a su- bit of a succession play that you you want to make sure that your land is being um, sold to and looked after by people that are similar to you that you know who are going to continue the wonderful legacy and the the ecological sort of asset that you're creating there through your lifetime, and then and and you know. To some degree, guaranteeing or assuring yourselves that you that that's going to continue. You know, it may not be your family member, it may not be your son or your daughter. Um, and I think that we're going to see more of that too, where you know that becomes more important. Um, succession is uh, is a many-headed beast and not always done well. Um, and I think the more people understand, you know, the value of their assets, and it's not just you know cows in the paddock and cash in the bank. Um, but it's what's under the ground of the ecological value and also the legacy, the importance of legacy um, and the respect, you know, that that sort of that comes with that. We're going to see more people considering at least that succession also includes people not in their family. You know, I think that's a really healthy thing. And obviously it's all agreed to and it's all sort of, you know, um, it's, it's, it's something that is that I think more and more people are, are looking at doing and I think you know Sam Sam and Nigel are doing wonderful at wonderful things to to facilitate that and that's healthy you know we want the right people not the right people we want the appropriate people on the team you know to be farming and growing this nutritious food and and, and, and improving the environment and you know sort of um, I don't know. It's not for me to say who who should and shouldn't inherit land. I'm just sort of, I guess, putting on the table. It's a consideration as to, I reckon, you know, um, how those legacies want to be, con- you know, continued. And that's not to say that conventionally farmed land can't be, um, you know, inherited by, um, you know, there may not be a legacy necessarily to uh, environmental legacy to continue. You know, it might just be there's there's an asset, there's land, um, and giving those people who may arguably do a better job of looking after that land. And producing nutritious food, giving them a leg up into that space, and and to create businesses. Um, so look, that's 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 big. Oh, I'm I'm nearly out of time. I should be wrapping up soon. And I just want to finish on getting back to the to season three. You know, we've got some wonderful people lined up. Um, David Pocock is um, he'll be episode two, or well, um, yeah, he'll be after me um, next week, which is very exciting. Um, we've got um, people like Dr. Libby Weaver lined up. We have. Um, uh, who oh, sorry, it wasn't very well prepped, was I? Cindy O'Meara, um, interviewed her the other day. She's fantastic nutrition, um, plastic free um, mermaid. Kate Nelson. Um, I'm going to grab Neil Perry. Neil, if you're listening to this, um, you are 
Um, I'm coming to get you in Sydney. Um, we, he's already agreed. That's all right. I'm not, not stalking him. Um, it's not weird. Aaron McKenzie, who's a uh, origin of energy, anyone who I've been trying to track him down for ages, he's moving his gym and all sorts of stuff. Fantastic um, example of someone who's taken, well, not just diet seriously, but life and, and movement and health really seriously um, and and helping others. Um, so that's that's a wonderful thing. Um, look, I could go on for ages about who else. Um Maggie Beer, I'm coming after you, Maggie, because you are a classic and I love you and um, I'm going to South Australia, so I'm trying to line you up down there because you would be a riot, I reckon. Um, so the other thing, little question I was going to put out there was Zoom. So with the cold COVID show, uh, which is something I was thinking about talking about, but I don't know, I think everyone's pretty over it and I am. Um, let's just bypass that one. I was wondering what everyone's thoughts were on Zooming. Because every interview I've done to date um, uh, has been face-to-face, um, I think. Yeah, surely. Yeah, they're all face-to-face, you know, and, or side-by-side. And that's the way that I've really enjoyed doing it. And it wasn't necessarily a purposeful, I am only interviewing people, um, you know, face-to-face. That was just how, how it rolled. And then it actually did become a thing. It's like, no, no, I really enjoy this sort of forum and, and, and the engagement, the connection that you form, or hopefully form with the interviewee. But obviously with COVID coming along and no one's flying, that took out Zach Bush. I was going to interview him last year. Um, Diana Rogers was coming over for the launch of Sacred Cow. Um, Nicole Masters was going to do a course at, at Burrowa and um, be cruising around the neighbourhood. And many others who had in principle said, yeah, cool, let's do it. Um, well, that's not going to happen anymore, not face-to-face. So I'm sort of toying with the idea of Zooming with them or whatever the – there's other Zencast or all sorts of other little platforms I could use. So if you could be bothered, let me know. Maybe two things. Who if you if you if you think that's worth me trying, because I'm not sure how that's going to sort of translate in terms of connection and not so much authenticity, but in just a sort of the the style of, of interviewing that I, I love doing. And I'm happy to try it of course. And also if there's anyone if I'm gonna go, oh bugger it, I'm just gonna zoom around the world, then please let me know um, uh, some, <laughs> somehow. I'll tell you what, go to the website and leave your details there and just tell me. That would be the go with the um, – uh, I can probably even tell you. Um, contact at charliearnett.com.au. Fiona will field those questions and let me know who you want from me suggestions from overseas because I'm, I'm I'm up for it. If I'm going to zoom it, I'm bugger it. Like, if it's just about getting a decent internet connection, then I'm willing to do that. So let me know, please. Um, Angelica, my beautiful wife, she suggested the other day um, John Chester um, listening to a Goop podcast. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, who's a classic. Oh, she's great, I reckon. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, John Chester, who's one of the, he's one, he was the, the, um, one of the, um, he was the man in the couple. How do you say that? He was the, he was the male, um, who were in the couple who were, um, uh, oh God, I've lost my, no, in the movie, um, Biggest Little Farm. And he was fascinating, his chat, and, and answered, you've got to interview him. So, you know, if I'm going to Zoom, I can, I, can, I can jump on people like John Chester. Anyone else, you let me know. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Now, just to wrap it up, uh, I am going to give um, Patreon a plug because it is the new platform we've got underway. Thank you so much to those who have already signed up and already benefiting, um, I, I guess, from the membership, as in um, they're getting 
uh, monthly webinar with this month, um, which will be the day after this actually gets released. So hopefully you're all listening to it on day one. Uh, Charlie Massey, it's been a bit of a coup. He is getting hammered for for you know appearing at things, and and there's only there's only one of him. Um, so honoured to have Charlie doing a monthly webinar as um, uh, in the month of February. Uh, for you know an hour or so, just it's Q and A. It's uh, you know what 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 are his thoughts at this point in time? So it's access to people like Charlie Massey essentially for for membership to Patreon. That's one of the memberships. Transcripts to the um, the interviews and a few other bonuses like we'll get some codes going and that sort of stuff. Discount codes. So look, I hope that um, that interests you. Um, it's we put a lot of thought and we're a bit nervous about doing that actually because it was a something we hadn't tried before and it was also you know. The regenerative journey is free. Essentially, you can just go on any phone or whatever and listen to it, you know. And it wasn't we certainly didn't want to to put any hurdles up for people who wanted to listen to it because I love doing it, and I love the feedback. And I can't tell you how many people um, have said, you know, I've listened to your podcast and it's really inspired me to do X, Y, and Z. Whether it's to grow carrots in the backyard or buy a farm, even or just change what they're doing, and you know that that that's 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 the that's that's all I need to keep going, you know, in terms of the, the, the regenerative journey. There are costs involved, of course. We've got a car going by. What's going, what's going on here? We've got the um, electrical man. The Sparkies are here. Uh, where was I? The um, Yeah, look, I just love doing it. Um, and so we're a bit nervous about doing this, this particular um, platform, but what we've also identified is it gives us an opportunity to give those who want to support us um, access to, as it were, our, interview, our interviewees in a, in a more intimate way. And I think that's you know I, I love that as well, and, and I'm really grateful to the interviewees that uh, and ones that I haven't interviewed. I'll invite them as well to share their experiences on a sort of a um, uh, not a one to one by any means, but certainly much more intimate sort of a forum. Um, to get it, give, give access to and live. So, look, that's the plug for Patreon. Um, just go to, to my website, charliearnett.com.au, and click on the podcast button at the top there, and you will take you to that page, and you can do what you want. But I trust that that's something you think you'll find value in, and I'd really appreciate um, anyone who decides that that is a good idea and good use of their money. Oh, just one last thing, too, because it is confusing sometimes. It's in US dollars. It's five dollars or ten dollars, and it sort of works out to be like six and a half, six and a half dollars. Who says half dollars anymore? Six dollars, <laughs> six dollars fifty. <laughs> ah, how funny! Um, six dollars fifty or seven dollars, and ten dollars is I don't know eleven fifty or twelve, um, something like that. But anyway, you'll work that out when you um, if you get that far. Um, Oh, what else? Just a couple of thank yous. Thank you to Reese um, again. Thank you to Fiona. Reese putting this together, helping me with the editing and so on. Fiona for cracking the whip on me, making me um, get and, and do this. Thank you to all the interviewees that um, are yet to be interviewed and have been interviewed for season three. Really excited about what we're going to achieve this season. And we're going to be, you know, it's going to be abroad again. Okay. You can expect some doctors and. I don't know, um, nutritionists and meditators and all sorts of stuff. I think that there's a, it's it's just that's just what goes on. I oh, can hear some voices in the background. Now, where have you been, you bloody sparkies? What are you saying? Um, so that's a, that's a wrap. I hope you're still here listening. Uh, Forty two minutes in now, Reese. I hope I haven't uh, you don't have to chop any of that out because I think it's okay. Um, and really excited that um, you've had great feedback that people are looking forward to the, the, to the, to the launch again and, and getting back into their daily, no, their weekly dose 
of the regenerative journey. And um, I'm really looking forward to getting back um, you know, on the mic and chatting with these wonderful people that are um, uh, sharing, you know, generously sharing their stories and, um, uh, and you know, in many ways changing, changing lives. And that's the intention of this is that, you know, if people can just get one little bit of gold, little gem from, from each interview or, or a interview, then, you know, that makes it all worthwhile. And, um, and often it's those, you know, from little things, big things grow. And that's certainly a bit of a theme for the regenerative um, agriculture and regenerative living kind of movement, which is what it's all, all, all about is, you know, you just get a whiff of this stuff and um, you can't unknow it, you know. It's very hard to put aside and not get attracted and not get more curious. So that could be the word, that could be the word for the season. Curiosity, I love it. Okay, I hope you're curious enough to uh, to tap into next week's episode uh, with David Pocock on the regenerative journey, uh, episode two, season three, and um, so looking forward to sharing all those stories with you uh, over the next few months. This podcast is produced by Rhys Jones at Jaeger Media. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe, share, rate, and review. For more episode information, please head over to www.charliearnett.com.au.